Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers. We hope that this podcast will inspire you to either start growing your own food or to help develop your existing food growing empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And I'm Andy from Urban Herbs. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a while, um, but me and Chris... Let's do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Leave this in. Leave this in. We forgot forgot how to do the intro. Well, I tell you what, we're going to leave that in because that's got so ridiculous. I've called Andrew Chris, and it just shows it's been a while, hasn't it, mate? You forgot what I look like, mate. Yeah, yeah, what's going on there? Um... Yeah, it's been a while, guys, and we're we're sorry. We're 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 growers as well, and we're trying to. It's it's like herding cats when you try and get one or two or three growers together to try and do a podcast. But we're missing it as well as you're missing it, I'm sure. Um, and we just want to do a little update. So this is going to be a mid-season update on how we're doing, and then we've got a couple of podcasts in the wings as well. So there's something to look forward to and we're definitely not going away. We're, going to, we're here for the long run and we want to provide really good content to get you excited about your growing journey. So, Andrew, um, how have you been, mate? What's, what's Urban Herbs look like this year? Urban Herbs is looking absolutely empty at the minute because it's been a good selling year. Do you know what? I don't know whether this is the same for you on your farm, but do you ever find that you either absolutely nail the selling or you nail the growing? No, I'm, I nail the growing, mate. I'm more, <laughs> I'm more creative in the growing that I think you have to be two people in the business. Well, you have to be multiple people in the business. You have to be the grower. You know, like, um, what film is it? Uh, Step Brothers, where they're like, security. <laughs> And it's yeah. like logistics. It's like really with yeah. like that, you got to play, you got to put a lot of hats on. And I feel like I feel like Instagram try like I try to sell my produce by showing beautiful pictures of it, and then kind of hoping chefs and people alike are going to be like, oh, I want to get a bit of that. But I'm lacking this year, and I'm I'm looking at hiring someone uh, next week to help me with that side of it, chasing leads maybe uh just making it a little bit easier for people to buy from me um i'm not doing veg box this year because i've took on other stuff it's made it a little bit harder to but like to get another market under my belt um so yeah the selling bit is good when i'm at a point of selling like if i'm at a market easy to sell the stuff um because it looks good and it's different and it's fresh but yeah in terms of like that this is when I learn from someone like yourself is like, you're really good at getting a product out there and then keeping the business going. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to keep the business going in other ways, but yeah, I think I lack in that. So, I mean, that'd be great to talk about really. Jack, you know something, I think actually it's kind of okay that like one is better than the other in a weird way, because I was just thinking to myself as you were talking that it's actually taken me probably about 10 years, eight to 10 years to even get close to like doing well at both the growing and the selling at the same time. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> but you know something, one of the things that me, you and Chris have been talking about a lot is the fact that it would be really cool if actually we could help people cut out a few of those years, isn't it? And oh, definitely. Almost learn from our mistakes and learn from the uh, takes of the shortcuts that we've discovered along the way. Definitely. I think the industry's changed. I mean, I've only been in the market gardening scene. This is like my fourth season. But you saying you've been in the horticulture scene, which is a little bit different as well, but you've seen 10 years of it. And I can imagine the last couple of years have changed a lot just through social media, just through um, other reasons as well, like people getting into gardening more. Um, it has a, it's had an explosion for sure. Um, more young people getting into it. I just think in general, I know people of all ages, I'm not just saying young, I've got into it more and more and more. And it's like a calling back to back home, isn't it? In a way we are nature. Um, yeah, a little bit more of a calling to grow more food, making places look pretty. Um, you've got the whole thing on TV about like destruction of the world. And really we just want to live in an abundant world with beauty. Um, so yeah, I think, and see wildlife declining. Let's plant more flowers, bring in the wildlife. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's changed, but I'm, I'm hoping, yeah, through experiences that we've gone through, we can help others get into it and have success earlier. Do you know what, when Jack, when me, when me and you talk, it often ends up getting quite deep, doesn't it? Yeah, man, I think, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the problem. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, in terms of like timing of how long the podcast will be, it'll be hours <laughs> and it'll be like, uh, be, a, be an experience and we'll probably uh, <laughs> do an eight hour, eight hour marathon podcast, but I think it's important. It's an important message that we, we ultimately feel because we are passion fueled in our job. So I, I kind of think that you're so right about more people discovering this yeah, and needing this. I think actually the word is needing it because, yeah, true. you know, for a long time you hear that people talk about the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And there's the two, you know, obviously the two have a relation to, to each other. But there's something else as well, isn't there? And there's the spiritual side to it. Yeah. That there's something, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I guess if you discover religion or something, you've got that like, part of you. And I think that you see that when people discover growing things. Mm. That actually there's almost like a third element to it that people actually discover it and it gives them a benefit. It's not really sensible, is it? It's not logical, but it is incredibly profound. It's incredibly powerful. I, I think, you know, anybody listening to this right now, they're probably nodding their heads right now and kind of going, yeah, I know exactly what these guys are talking about. Yeah. I believe it. I think it's like magic. Like when you're a kid and you believe in magic, the same thing is in the garden. So like growing a mushroom is ridiculous. It's so crazy to look at. It's so alien to look at. Um, but there's a sense of magic of like, for example, it takes me back to being a kid of like, oh, I find a newt and I like catch a newt and I'm looking at it or I'm putting it in a pond or I'm looking at a pond. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. It's like it really ignites your inner kid because it's all this like new wonder difference oh that's why that works and things click in your brain and per, per, one of the permaculture principles is observing observing nature and you see and change so it's um 
and, and by doing that after like four years i can tell you what where stuff will and won't grow because of like the tree roots potentially robbing the nutrients out of that bed or whether oh it floods there a little bit more so i need to raise that bed and, and the beautiful thing about granny is it's a constant um road of learning you never can complete it and it will f- and this is why we're going to have a chat about this because of how uh how this year has gone uh is like i'm like we're going to talk about the weather like every grower does and this year the heat has also created a lot of weeds so now we've got gardeners talking about weeds <laughs> last year it was about get slugs and snails year before that there is something else but um yeah man it's it's interesting isn't it it's I, I i'd love to know your thoughts on that and like what kind of challenges you've faced this year well you know what i've got a story that I, i've literally got to share with you because my uh, my great granddad was a farmer and apparently um he was quite a like a grumpy character apparently and whenever he used to hear on the radio that the bbc was saying that it's the hottest June day since whenever. And he'd say, oh, it's nonsense. He said, it's the strangest year since last year. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so, he was so right, I think. But that's kind of the beauty of it. I remember saying this to you before, that kind of what I love about the vagaries of the weather is that the growing season is kind of like a game of snooker, isn't it? That, you know, no two frames of snooker are ever the same. The, do you know what I mean? The white ball hits the reds and they never, ever end up in the same place. And you think statistically, surely once, once it would, the pattern would repeat itself. And it never does. It's always slightly different. But I actually think that that's why sharing knowledge is so important. That kind of old world wisdom. Because... I remember years and years ago, this is maybe like 2012, 2013, I had this really weird revelation that as a grower, you only ever get one shot at, let's say, the 10th of April. Yeah. And then it's gone. And you, if you don't get it right, you've got, you've got to wait till next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some. This is really interesting. That's something... Um... I heard about this a while ago and another grower said it this year and it's like a potato farmer that's been farming for 20 years has only farmed potatoes 20 times. How like that's a, that's a mind and and like all the great growers really, like if they've been farming 30 years, they've only grown. Yeah. They've only grown potatoes potentially 30 times, potentially uh, 20 times. If 10 years, they might have not grown tried potatoes. Like, when I think about it, I've only grown, I've actually never, I've never grown uh, a cauliflower full to a head, like even on my allotment days, because it took too much space. I've like, so I've never grown a cauliflower, so next year, right, I won't on a market garden, but yeah, so people cannot, I know how to grow them, but I've never grown one fully. Um, so yeah, man, it's quite interesting, that, isn't it? Like really, you're saying one shot, and that's the, that's the thing it's going to teach you is I'm not very patient. But it's taught me patience of like, you know that full well, man. I think, uh, as we spoke about in the, uh, the mental health episode, I think I've got an ADHD brain. I gave myself a bit of a complex reading about it. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, so it, it, it's teaching me how to calm down, chill. It'll be all right. And a lot of the time in gardening is it will be okay. It will catch up. Um, if something yeah. gets eaten, just sow it again. It will catch up. I mean, there's always there's windows to hit for sure. But even now, there's still with June. People think they've missed the boat. You you can grow a garden. My first year on allotment was uh, I didn't put stuff in the ground till July, and I still got courgettes, still got kale. I still had an abundance because July is super warm, August is super warm, and that stuff were probably peaking in like late August, September. So. You've got time, just chill, calm, get your jobs done. I, I, I'm, I'm going to listen to this podcast for myself, to be honest. <laughs> you know what, as well, I think there is like a mindset thing as well, that I love what you're saying about the importance of 
the mindset in terms of chilling and just almost you need that voice going it's all good it's okay you don't need to throw the toys out you know you, you, yeah you can still do you know what actually listening to this i'm actually gonna i'm gonna plant some courgettes i'm gonna go for it because I'm, I'm i've been so busy with urban herbs that i'm just i'm really behind in my own kitchen garden area yeah but one of the things that i i think is really important as well is you know the mindset in terms of how you focus so for example with what i do if we have trays of 20 pots of herbs when they're growing i used to have a mindset that i'd look at that tray and i'd focus on the two pots that have been eaten by slugs or something mm. and i'd let that get me oh, pissed off i totally agree mate I totally agree. I, I didn't think about the 18 that are looking absolutely beautiful. I'd yeah. focus on the two that maybe I've overwatered a little bit or the slugs have got them. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, and I think it's important to do that. Whether, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you've got a market garden, maybe you're growing plants, or, but maybe you've just got an allotment and it's your kind of, you know, you, you're growing for whatever reason benefits you. But that mindset is so important because it keeps you coming back. Um, I think it's so important to actually make sure that you have that positive mindset and focus on your successes. Because the more that you focus on the successes, I genuinely think you will have more and more luck. You know, when people talk about having green fingers, I don't think that that's a thing at all. You know, like, I get really um, militant about it. Mm. I reckon that green fingers just means you keep coming back, you keep watering, you keep trying new things. And what's brilliant is that when you try new things, things go wrong. Mm. But aren't you better off for trying those new things and then making, you know, having something go wrong, learning from it and broadening your horizons? Yeah. Uh, and they always like, Again, we, I think before we come into the podcast, we were talking about uh, reels. <laughs> and there's a reel of like, uh, yeah, most, like most good gardeners, are not, it's not that they, like just saying that most good gardeners have killed more plants than people, who, like, do you know what I mean? Like we've probably accidentally killed more plants than we would like to admit just through trying or we've got to keep a lot alive and stuff like that at one time. But yeah. Yeah, we, we've had our failures, but they're micro failures in a macro setting. Like, so yeah. exactly, literally exactly what you just said. I, I'm just thinking now of a tray of um, cucumbers. Luckily, I saw two trays, but one of them has got eaten up until two. There's two left. But if I focus on those two, say I get 20 cucumbers from those two plants. That's, that's amazing. So... I like focus on like the ones that have survived because yeah, you, you, you're right. It's a good way of looking at it and see the glass half, half full instead of half empty. And I think as well, Jack, that the, it's hard to explain, but one of the things that I feel really passionate about is that too often, you know, when people are starting off their growing journey or like they're getting more into growing things, it's quite easy. And by the way, this sounds really overly dramatic, but I'm going to go there anyway. I reckon that there's almost like a bit of like language of death that's used too often. Because like how often like do you hear gardeners say like, oh, like, I, or people that are trying to get into gardening say, well, I, I don't want to grow that because I'm going to kill it. Yeah. Or plants always die. And it's like, listen to how many times We've probably done it ourselves, to be fair. But like, think about how many times people say, "Like, I've killed it. It's dead. They always die." And the other, the way of reframing that is another mindset thing. Is actually going, you know, like your cucumbers. Like you've brought life. Yeah. Like how cool is that? Like I'm actually getting, even though I've literally just done it like <laughs> fourteen hour a day, I'm literally like excited about it because it's like. That's bringing life to your personal environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true, man. And yeah, that it just shows the power of soil. You just sprinkle a seed in a bit of soil. That's the real magic. 
um, happening right there. <laughs> like the ignite, like the ignition of water hitting seed in the soil, like that is it's like the Big Bang all over again. And again, like I'm quite envious of you actually having that farm, having that space where you can actually see that in action because. I think too often with what I do, um, I never get to see the plants. We're selling them, you know, I never get to see the yeah. plants like come to fruition. You get to see the, the finish of that magical process where yeah. things actually blossom, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do love the beginning. Yeah, I love seeing it go from tiny little seedling to a really established plant. We are delighted to have partnered on the Food Grower Podcast with React Tools. React Tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers tools in the UK. We have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paperpot Transplanter and the Iconoclast Tilter across the world and been envious of growers with access to them. Well now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's R-E-A-G tools.co.uk. i tell you what, man, the uh, red creeping time, like mature. Holy crap. That, that is such a beautiful plant. Um, like it's sprawling out my herb spiral, but the flower on it is stunning. And I've had butterflies just landing on it, like uh, left, right and center. But yeah, the beautiful thing, like the, the herbs as well. Um, we, we're going to talk about herbs because you're the main guy for herbs. But uh, something I've just fell in love with, like I'm seeing different sides to it, like not just the plant, but when they flower, what they attract. I'm just seeing different wildlife this year that I've never, ever seen before. And a lot of it is attracted to the flower, flowered herbs, flowered sage as a stunning flower, um, flowered oregano. Amazing. Uh, flowering lemon thyme. Yeah. It's all, it's, 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 yeah, it's great. Um, and honestly, I mean, I, I totally relate to what you're saying because honestly, my, one of my favorite things about the growing season, it's just happening now that all those varieties of time that you're talking about, they're all about to explode into flower. Mm. And I just think it's really special. I mean, I'm, I'm always up early and if I go outside with a cup of tea or, and I sit there and you watch how many bees are working away on those plants. Mm. I think I'm keeping all the bees of Birmingham uh, in, 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 <laughs> in employment, you know? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's something I know we've talked about before and it's something that maybe we should talk about even more. The fact that if everybody planted these amazing plants, like just in their paved driveway. Oh, I know. If they put like a few pots, really low maintenance, like very, very little kind of like a commitment from yourself, you know, you just water them maybe once, twice a week kind of thing. Yeah. I can guarantee you the bees will come. The butterflies will come, as you say. Yeah. Um, there's something, again, we're back to that spiritual fulfilment. Well, you know what, man, as well, I, I've said this for the last couple of years, and it's the, you may not be able to change the world, but you may feel small and like insignificant to change it on a macro level, but you can change the world of like every bee, insect pollinator bird insect soil um and you're having like a massive effect without realizing it just by planting planting a few whether it's herbs flowers uh veg because you're creating habitat like having a pond i've seen stuff come in i saw like a hoverfly come down for a drink today and i thought oh he might have been struggling maybe he not made it to the next bit of water but you if you think like that it's really beautiful and it's really like oh i'm helping them seen a lot of bees a lot of butterflies longhorn moth never ever seen it before lizards slow worm newts and they, they've just come out of nowhere so like they just come it's like they know where it is and just run to it um i don't know where from it's like they just come from another dimension or something i don't know but it's it's interesting you build it and they'll come 
and I will just want to elaborate that for everyone listening. Uh, put a micro pond in, put a chuck flowers in your veg beds. I mean, the, the benefits I've seen for them helping the veg by bringing in a good pollinators to take out the bad ones, like bringing in stuff that like ladybirds like to eat aphids. Can't tell you the difference it makes. Um, so I just want to encourage anyone and everyone to do that if they can. I think, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but actually between two of our polytunnels, the polythene where it hits the ground, it doesn't drain properly. Okay. And so there's always a bit of water there and I've just left it. And a huge family of frogs have actually moved in. Yeah, where from? That's mad, isn't it? And they're kind of like our private security force. Yeah. In that they literally, we have had zero problems with slugs this year because I think that they uh, have just basically eaten them, you know, at an early stage. But I think what's really cool is that it's like what you say, that actually you're creating that micro change on your local level. Yeah. But don't you think as well that, again, we're back to that issue of empowerment, that it's when the world faces so many problems, that they just seem so big and so insurmountable. It's kind of cool, isn't it, that actually you're not just throwing your hands in the air and saying, oh, isn't it terrible, I blame other people. <laughs> you're actually saying, I want to be the change that I want to see, you know, that kind of cliche. And it's funny how once you take that first step, you then take more steps. So maybe you start with your front garden and that's a success and you see bees and butterflies. You move on to adding hanging baskets either side of your front door. You add some flowering herbs for bees or whatever in your back garden. And before you know it, you'll be running a community, a local community garden or something. Mate, it's so addictive. It's ridiculous. I mean, for me, it took me eating a tomato in Australia to have like a bit of a, my head exploded. I'm like, mate, is that what it tastes like? And then he was like, yeah. And I was just like, I've been robbed for 23 years of like not trying real food. And then you go down a rabbit hole because if you're into like the environment or nature, you fight, you realize that just growing food or growing a wildlife garden, or you're doing your bit. Like you ain't, yeah. you don't need to go up London to do protests. I mean, I mean, hats off if that's what you want to do, but yeah. you real change is by, by actually doing um, like, yeah, like that whole campaign at the minute about saving soil. I see a lot of people saying hashtag save soil. But what are they doing when they go home? That's what I want to know. I want to see like videos of people teaching people how to make soil. or um, And that's all we can do. Just encourage people to grow food, uh, live happy, healthier lives, be, it's being positive, um, getting stuff in the ground. I mean, yeah, I think I've looked out at that like, I've never really been egotistic about the growing, but it's that e ego versus eco, like being a part of the system instead of being at the top of it, going, oh, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to do that, and that's got to go there. But when you realise these other animals, players at hand in the game, and they can benefit you, and when you work with them, they work with you, they seem to do 10 times more. The frogs definitely do. Um... Although they scare the hell out of me when they jump out of trays of herbs. Oh, yeah, I bet. There's, there's one in particular. Is this a bit sad that I actually, I actually know them by sight? There's one who is, he knows no fear. But he's not scared of me in the slightest. And he will actually, I swear, he chases me out of the polytunnel. I hope people are as geeky as us listening to this. <laughs> yeah guys um reach out to us on instagram and let us know do you uh do you have frogs that you know by sight and give names to yeah there's definitely a few insects out there aren't there a few uh yeah, well like you've got i mean we, we can mention it now uh we've got danny plot 81 podcast coming out next week i believe um we was going to mention it on the next pod but uh yeah she's got a pet robin pretty much that she feeds make a little click with her mouth now and it just comes knowing that she's got food that is so like, cool it is cool isn't it yeah you just like just built up a relationship with it and um 
yeah, I love that. That's very uh, Snow White, isn't it? Jack, you know, I didn't realise what I was missing in my life, and now I realise it's a pet robin. Although, <laughs> we've got a bit of an issue that we've got. I don't know if they're a family of robins. I don't know if that, that's a thing, but they keep flying through one of our tunnels. So I think it's like a game to them, but they go in one open door and out the other end. And they come through so fast that maybe it's almost like a wind tunnel to them or something. Mm. But again, they scare the hell out of me when I'm working in there. <laughs> I'll have to start clicking, see if some of them come to me. Yeah, get some food out. Yeah, it'll soon, it'll soon realise. Um, yeah, so we've spoken about a little bit about the weather, spoken about how we're how we're getting on a little bit. Um, should we should we speak about like what people should be doing this month potentially? Like what herbs have you got coming out at Urban Herbs? Any new herbs in stock or? Yeah, and I actually think that it's so interesting because you know we were talking before we started recording the podcast just about how things were going with our lives and businesses and mm. what I find really interesting about talking to you, Jack, and talking to Chris is that it makes me realise that there are subtle differences between each of our businesses, right? Yeah. And each of our sectors. And it's quite niche, isn't it? And with my season, I'm a big believer that herbs are all about hope. They're all about anticipation, that you plant them early, you know, because so many of them are hardy. Mm. So you can plant them out early in the year, kind of like March, April, you know, definitely before like you get bedding, definitely before you get like your annual veg plant. And we've come to the end of that period now. Mm. Yeah, we always think that, you know, mid-June, end of June, that's the end of what we call the early period, you know, in terms of growing herbs. And now you head into the summer period where the temperatures are going up. but you're also spending way more time out in the garden mm. or out in your growing space. So we always find that this time of year, you know, like uh, herbs like chocolate mint, strawberry mint, blackcurrant mm. sage, herbs that the kids like especially, mm. they become even more popular because it's that sensory kind of interaction. Mm. And let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Like, it's about food as well. It's about outdoor dining. Um, can I can I do a bit of a tangent, Jack? Because yeah, uh, I was waiting for one. <laughs> there's going to be a few tangents, mate. But we were talking before the podcast started, and I was explaining to Jack how last week Urban Herbs was at BBC Good Food Show and BBC Gardeners World. It's the same event. We've always traded in the food section. And we've made a conscious decision to do that to trade in the food section because. You know, herbs are food, and we're selling them as food, and it, I think it feels right to be there. But the reason I wanted to do this tangent is that I, I did a talk on one of the stages where I was talking about my story, I was talking about why I love what I do. And as I was talking on stage, I was hit with a bit of emotion because when I first started doing food festivals, literally 10 years ago with Urban Herbs, so many people would come up and be like, well, hang on, what, why are you at a food festival? Yeah. Like, like, sure, you want to sell some plants, but why are you at a food festival? And the other day when I was on stage and there was maybe three or 400 people listening. Wow. And I'm, yeah. so, I'm talking about, you know how herbs are literally flavours that can transform your mood, but transform a meal? Yeah. And I was looking at people's faces. Nobody was confused. Everyone was nodding their head as if that's just, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, that herbs are food. I get that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Don't you think that's powerful? Yeah, people, it's really weird. Like, people don't understand it. It's funny because I just done like a food show as well, but I weren't, no, let's say that it was like vegan show. So, I mean, what annoys me a, a little bit is there's always like vegan junk food or whatever there. There's loads of other stuff just because it's vegan instead. But I was on quite early 
talking about farming, veg, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's again, not seen in the same light, but just that is the source. That is the source mm-hmm. of what we should be eating. Like good quality food. We do have a very warped standard of quality in this country, which I had to learn by going away to, to understand that. And I was telling my story and I think I did definitely got a few messages saying I inspired people that who were dragged to that talk by their friends who actually listened to this podcast. A shout out to them. Um, but like I said, wasn't expecting to enjoy it and then got quite inspired by it. Um, and wow. it wasn't many people there because I was on early because again, it's different. You got your main people midday, whatever, but you're right, man. We need these, those us guys and people doing what we're doing need to be put into the limelight of these things because ultimately growing food, knowing where it comes from should be a very important part, especially as we go into the future and we could go political. It could be because food is getting attacked at the minute. Um, just, just also diesel going crazy. So like, yeah, access to food might be a little bit difficult. But yeah, man, it, we should be, this should be talked about. People do need to know the basics. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just something that we all need to be doing, mate, uh, I believe. And I'll just, I, think, I, don't, I, I don't think we're preaching. I just feel like we're just yeah. sharing our passion and hope people understand that. And Because we, we know ultimately it's like it's no snake oil salesman stuff. It's like the truth, growing plants, eating good food. Yeah, and you know what as well? The opportunity to tell that story is now there. Mm. Because I promise you, if I'd been on that stage 10 years ago, yeah, no one would have got it. Yeah, I get that, I get that. Seriously, and I was looking out and there was so many people of all ages, and I would actually say as well, that like, just purely, like when I was talking to people afterwards and so many cultures so many backgrounds were represented there yeah brilliant this it's an issue isn't it that actually brings us together that you know kind of what unites the food the world is we all like eating good food right yeah totally i kind of i get really passionate about it and literally just from talking to people afterwards people were saying exactly the same things that you were just saying that they are increasingly conscious about the supply of food and let's be real like the cost of food yeah 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 because i'm acutely aware that just running urban herbs there is a proper pinch on people at the minute and not all of my customers um are comfortable financially at the moment yeah with the rising rising bills rising costs yeah so it's cutting costs Absolutely. And actually, I like to think that growing food can save you money. But it's also a really cost effective way of entertaining yourself with the kind of magic that you were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. People saw that in lockdown. Yeah. Because they were forced to. And then people got on on board with it, which was great. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, it's something, I mean... We've spoke about many, many things in this conversation and it, it does go back to these core values of like, uh, yeah, co- like good quality, being passionate about it um, and doing it for those magical reasons. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to get back on track with what people should be doing as well this season um, because we're in June and we tapped on it earlier about uh, like planting more stuff um oh yeah what were the so you said the mints were quite popular right right now have you got any other herbs that are coming through at all like uh vietnamese coriander is that going to come back because it's is it like coriander that it bolts like when no, it's so, um do you know what i'm going to send you some vietnamese coriander because you are going to love it because basically normal coriander for those who those listening, let's go right back to basics, right? So normal coriander is an annual that goes to seed quite easily. Vietnamese coriander is a perennial that doesn't go to seed. Um, so it's much easier to grow. 
than your normal coriander. Mm. Um, Flavour-wise, you still get a bit of coriander, but it's a bit lemony. It's a bit spicy as well. Yeah. And you're going to harvest it literally by the handful. Nice. It, it's really funny, actually. There was a member of staff at the NEC, one of the cleaning ladies, who um, she's from Vietnam. And she got so excited when she saw that plant on our stand. Um, and she was telling me all the things that you know she likes to do with it. And do you know what? That is, that's what's cool. You know, you're saying about what should people be doing now. And I, I think now is the time to really fill your growing space with sensory plants at the time when you're going to be outside enjoying them. Mm. Because the next few months are so precious. Like, so I'm true. working on a really dodgy suntan right now. I've got a really good farmer's tan going on. Yeah, me too, mate. Me too. You know, it's like, because we're spending all the long days outside and I think everyone needs to remember that it's not going to be that long until the days <laughs> yeah you know the days are going to start getting shorter and we've got to really celebrate the next the next few months yeah. get outside and just get surround outside. yourself with like with the joy of growing life flavor yeah mate yeah you said you bang on I need to get more I've got a load of herbs, but I need a few more because I let weeds take over that bed and they beat the herbs. So I'm annoyed about that, but you, you're right. It's, it is about filling your space, filling all the pockets. Like don't, like no bare soil. Uh, soil like I always say soil is like your skin. We talk, we're, this is a nice segue because we're still t- just talking about farmer's tans. Um, soil is like your skin. And if it's unprotected, um, it's going to crack it's going to burn and it doesn't, and it's going to like erode. It's going to be like in a dangerous situation. So I always look at weeds as like sunscreen. Um, and same with plants like they're protecting the soil. They keep it cool. They keep it healthy. Um, so just fill your space with, um, anything. Herbs are great, which I'm definitely going to get some off you, Andy. And, um, yeah, that's, that's nice little segue there. But, um, I, I, but for me, June is like a, another time where people should be always seeding. We're at a time where we're enjoying spring sowing, but some of those stuff, some of that's bolted and there's always gaps in the garden round about now. And this is, what, this is how I feel about June. It's like a bit of a transitional month and people don't realize that this stuff that's in the ground growing, that your peppers, your tomatoes, your aubergines, your perennials, um, and much other stuff, but like your spinach is bolted. You, you've definitely gone through your first sort of radish, um, maybe your carrots and your picking beetroots now as well, but you've got to be continuously sowing stuff. So like every three weeks or four weeks or so more lettuce and just to keep that going. And then this is something I was in the garden. This is but, something I was going to ask you, Jack. Yeah. Because when it comes to growing food, the way that you do, because I'm so busy during the spring season with urban herbs, I always find that I get to this point in the year and my own small little kitchen garden, a vegetable garden, this is the year where this is the time of year where it starts to all go a bit wrong for me. Because no, sorry, let's let's rephrase that. None of the language of failure that we're talking about, right? Um, I'm not enjoying as much success as I would like. Mm. Shall we put it that way instead? Um, so you tell me, right? We haven't plan this beforehand so i'm putting you on the spot here but i've got a raised bed that's currently empty yeah what should i be doing right now um don't be ashamed as well of buying plug plants um for like your garden veg plug plants so like if you want to get a boost um yeah like your cucumbers your courgettes salad stuff so loads of uh yeah loads of lettuce leaves you sp- like you can still put in spring onion. It's your last chance to sow like beetroots and carrots um, because they'll take a couple of months to advance and you want to get them peaking. Um, but July, you can even do potatoes in July, but they'll be ready for Christmas. Um, you can do loads of stuff like your, your dill, your coriander, like just, um, oh, what else, what else, what else, what else? Uh, rocket, uh, just sow more rocket, more radish um yeah and in terms of plug plants it will be like your your tomatoes you can still get in 
beans, French beans. You can sow some French beans now as well. Uh, fennel, kale you can still sow for winter. You can buy kale now, chard. Yeah, man, I could. the list goes on. I'm just thinking around the farm. Um, celery I'd buy in as a plug plant. Um, yeah, things like that, man. These, these loads you can do. Mm -hmm. And look, some of those plants that add height, some add ground cover, some are bully plants that like he calls yet yeah, quite big. Um, <laughs> yeah, like everyone... I think when people first grow courgette, they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Uh, so it's, true. It's so, so true. It's like one of those plants gives you a lot of abundance. So you only need, if you're feeding a family, you only need like two. Um, but yeah, man, people need to be thinking of that now, thinking of like your auto, autumnal crops now or like end of summer crops. But now is a great time to think about even winter. Um, yeah. so like if yeah. you haven't done your Brussels, like you got to buy them in, if you haven't done your leeks, you got to buy them in. Um, um, and then, yeah, the carrots and the beet, which you sell now will go into winter and then come August, you've got to be sowing your spinach for winter, uh, your lettuces for winter, because there's just going to be enough heat for them to mature until the light levels start dropping. And once they're at their peak, the, the coolness will keep them from bolting and you'll get to crop them through. Um, through those months as well so it's that you've always got to be on the ball there's no time for like start sowing forget about sowing to enjoy the summer because if you haven't sown in summer you ain't going to enjoy it as much stuff in autumn and winter so it's always about constantly thinking and constantly sowing because if stuff gets eaten it's nice to just chuck in another plant as well instead of going oh that's gone uh, because ultimately it's a bit sad really when you see gaps in the garden you know what I love about the list that you just gave? It's like you're listing as well the food that I want to eat at those different times of year. Yeah. Well, we saw our body is reacting to that. Yeah. So like your pumpkins and squash, you need to eat. Like back in the day when they couldn't grow food, they banked on the supply of the hearty food from autumn to get them through uh, Christmas. Um, yeah, man, I can imagine it was a pretty dark terrible time that there wasn't supermarkets around to go buy food out of season <laughs> yeah so yeah but, but it, i guess that if you're that reliant on the world around you to provide food like that doesn't it change your relationship with things like the weather and it, it's something that you 100 like me and you because working outside depending on what the weather's doing that day that's going to define your day but I guess like in medieval times, people would look out and that weather would literally define their family's future. You know, whether they're going to make it through the winter. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a harsh summer, people could be dying off. Like, um, I think that's why they worship the sun, um, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm also aware a little bit of time. We spoke for like nearly an hour, mate. And that's that. And we just got to apologize to Chris because if he's editing it, it, we only said we was going to do it for 25 minutes, but we, we, <laughs> we, we've smashed it. We've smashed it out as usual. And I hope you've enjoyed that. But just to cap it off, uh, me and Andrew was going to speak about like the realness of lack of podcasts for the last couple of months, which we kind of touched on at the start, but just saying that we've got some coming. Uh, we've got Danny from plot 81 coming up. Uh, we're, just going to do one on social media about growing as well um so i hope you'll be interested in that um and again it's nice to be in your earphones or wherever you're listening to this um and just enjoying the conversation between growers and the passion you may have for growing as well and i hope we're rubbing off on you and and you're enjoying the show but yeah we love doing this absolutely love it yeah. there's a lot more to come and uh yeah we just trying to keep the ball rolling now get us through the summer and then yeah. when those cooler months come we'll be back we're like well we're just going to carry on now aren't we i think the thing is jack as well that i think it's really important to say and kind of almost just be really upfront about it that the reason why we love what we do is because there aren't enough hours during the summer yeah in the day mate yeah and but, i think we've been through our busiest period haven't we yeah like may is just mental yeah 
Um, so springs, yeah, and it, and it, there is a little bit more time in the summer, a uh, tiny bit. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that you do want to be doing stuff, and you know, you want to be outside, you want to be experiencing it, not just looking at it through the window, kind of thing. <laughs> but I think what we're finding as well is that part of the joy of what we do is sharing it with other people, and that's why this podcast is so important. So, um, I, you know, I, I, Jack and Chris have kindly uh, asked me to help monitor and post to the food grower instagram page so as a bit of an experiment guys if you're listening to this right now and you haven't followed us on instagram please do so and drop us a comment let us know what you think about the podcast let us know what you think about what we've talked about here what's been your biggest challenges this year how do you think this year is compared to previous years yeah we are by you sending questions we can help we can talk about it we're going to do a Q&A question uh podcast like we've done earlier in the season that was really really good so we answering your questions on the podcast um that was a really good podcast actually so we need to do more of that um and I'm sure you can chip in with some great knowledge as well Andrew but that was that was a really good pod We're just going to leave this one here. We hope you're enjoying the conversation and we'll be back soon. So next week, we'll be back with a new episode and enjoy guys. Cheers, Andrew. Yeah, cheers. I hope you enjoyed guys. Nice talking to you, Jack.